As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to The Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday, on The Athletic Podcast Network. I do have a take. Point of contention. Katie could be a head coach. I could be a head coach. Welcome to Point of Contention. Five subjects, five minutes, five points of contention. Coming up on the show, Pelicans dealing, Warriors uprising, MVP and other awards, Shaq the Jerk Store called, and the NBA planning All-Stars. I'm Mo DeKeel, in for Zach Harper, the host of Point of Contention, with Jade Hoyd producing. In this corner, Bay Area legend, author of two best-selling books about the Warriors, Marcus Thompson. Marcus Yesterday, the NBA community lost a close friend to many, Sekou Smith. I know you wanted to say a few words about him. The floor is yours. So this point shall not be contended. Uh, People talk about real ones, right? As if authenticity is the worthiest of attributes. You know, a lot has been said about like day ones, the term day ones, which is a reference to those who were there. Uh, on the journey from the beginning so I speak for myself and many others when I say this Sekou Smith was a real one from day one he was every bit authentic his tongue and pen were committed to truth Uh, but it wasn't a flex it wasn't so people could say he kept it real his veracity was because he cared because he knew love and truth are intertwined and Sekou had love he was every bit a rider. The journeys of many today include stories featuring Sekou in the beginning, being a mentor, being a friend, being a sounding board, being gracious. But again, it wasn't a flex. It wasn't so he could earn the label of being somebody's day one. His support was because he cared, because he knew love and action are intertwined. And Sekou had love. We all know it's just sports, it's just journalism. What we do is way down the list of things that truly matter. Most of us understand the media isn't what people care about or what matters. We're basically just waiters delivering you what you want. But even in this space of triviality, even as a conduit, you can actually find value. You can bring value. And Sekou was a master of that. He brought value to us. There was nothing trivial about Sekou Smith. He was indeed a real one from day one. Well said, Marcus. And in the other corner, the author of Victory Machine, Bay Area suburban legend, Ethan Strauss. Ethan, I got a joke for you. What's a washing machine's favorite place to live? I was not expecting this. Uh, Okay, uh, in the garage. Nope. The answer is Russell Westbrook, who lives in Washington, D.C. Send all complaints to Jade about that joke. Um, I'm wrapping my head around. I still don't get it. (laughs) Send that Washington, Washington, D.C. Guys, you're not, not, not. Okay, well, I'm gonna. I need more time. I need more time to understand. (laughs) Well, you you don't have that today. Finally, we have our first special guest on Point of Contention. 
The man, the myth, the legend straight out of Compton. He's here. The bubble life boy. Black Trey. What up, Trey? Yep, I'm here. Jade, start the clock. Take one. Is a bird in the hand worth more than two in the bush? On Tuesday, the Athletics' Shams Charanian reported that the Pelicans are listening to offers for Lonzo Ball and J.J. Reddick. The Pelicans now have one of the worst records in the league at 5-10 and and are looking to shake things up. According to Shams, a move would create a clearer pathway for young guards like Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Kira Lewis in the Pelicans' rotation. There were some optimistic projections for this team, but it's just not happening, fellas. And I wonder, you know, do the Pelicans need to make a move? If so, where do you want to see Ball and Reddick go? Yeah, I think it's clear they need to make a move. I think uh, Alexander Walker looks like a player you just need to get minutes for. Uh, I think if they're thinking to make a move for this year, then I think that might be a misnomer. Uh, they should be thinking, okay, we got we got a guard that we can rely on who can get buckets. We got Zion, right? We need to. They need to cut the minutes. For Eric Bledsoe and JJ Redick, right? And I'm not even I'm not even mad if Lonzo stays. I think Lonzo can serve a purpose, but I, Josh Hart needs to be on the court. I'd probably start him, but it's time to clear the way. Like Alexander Walker is a bucket getter, and you will need that from the perimeter if Zion is going to be your superstar. So stop messing around and go get that and start filling out the rest of the roster. Where do you want to see him go, though? You said JJ, move JJ. Where do you want to see him go? A place where he could win. Uh, I think back in Philly would be good. Um, I'd put him, uh, I really think he could be used just about anywhere where you can use shooting off the bench. Uh, I I, I imagine the Warriors might have some form of interest, but again, if I were him, I'd just like, (laughs) what, what, what are we doing here? Like, put me on a team, like... You're, if you're looking at the Lakers and you're thinking you got to beat the Lakers, he needs to find a team where he can be a piece to help that happen. So, I mean, there's not that many teams that he, you know, where they're JJ Redick away for beating the Lakers, but it, like it's, it's <laughs> that's if I'm him, that's where I'm looking at. Teams like Milwaukee, uh, I, 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 again, back in Philly. Even even a place like Boston, you could see a role for him. Uh, if he, if I'm him though, I'm like, yo, if you ain't got a shot at the title, then like lose my number. <laughs> Ethan, do the Pelicans need to make a move? Ah, uh, do they need to make a move? They're not really in a need place right now, and that's kind of the idea. I mean, that's what you're selling ownership on is that we're building slow. But should they make a move? Probably. Reddick's not aligned on their timeline. It doesn't seem like Ball is really in their future plans. So you might as well try to get some value and really complete what you're doing with the rebuild. As to where he should go, I'm with Marcus, just somewhere he can win. I'm not that specific about it. I'm a little intrigued maybe by the Nuggets as another team to throw in there. Um, But what's difficult is that David Griffin, maybe to his credit, is known as one of these guys that other GMs don't really want to deal with because he's going to try to wring all the value that he can in the most exacting fashion that he can from a trade. And so perfect can be the enemy of good. And so I just don't know. I don't know how many teams are chomping at the bit to do a deal with Griff. Um, And so he might have to lower his standards just a bit to get one of these trades done. I like JJ going back to Philly. To reunite with Doc Rivers. Let me let me throw this one out there then, because for you guys, nobody's talking about moving ball. I want to see ball with the Clippers. What do you guys think? I co-sign. Gives them a ball handler, adds defense. Um, but when you really think about it, does he fall in the same line as Patrick Beverly, as far as the non-shooter? It's mm. a good. That's a that's a good counterpoint there, guys. What's kind of happened to Lonzo Ball? He's going to be a restricted free agent at the end of this year, but it seems like the Lakers moved him, obviously, to get AD. Now the Pelicans are putting him on the block, it sounds like. like it just he, he went from being the number two pick to, is this guy any good? Ethan, what you got? Is this guy any good? You know, I mean, these are questions. These are questions I have when it comes to just being able to score around the rim. And I have to say, maybe it's unfair, but some of my doubts about LaMelo might have been informed by just seeing the hype that older brother got uh, juxtaposed against the actual 
impact. It's still fairly early in his career, but I think that inability to be a scorer uh, hurts him a bit. And I think what we have learned over the years is that it is as important, if not more important, for a point guard to be a scorer as it is for him to be a passer. And it's just hard to see him making that progression, even if he has these nice other aspects to his game. I mean, are we a little premature on this, though? Like, I mean, it's 12 games, and last year he shot 37% from three, right? I mean, 12 and seven ain't bad. Okay, maybe he's not a star number two pick, and we kind of knew that a long time ago, but... I mean, he's struggling under a new coach. Like, that's are we are we just a little fast to be worried about him? Well, I mean, he struggled in the bubble mightily last year, and then it's picked up this year where he's just not been able to get it going. I don't know how much this is Stan Van Gundy, but it's definitely not Stan Van Gundy. I think you know, just confidence just fluctuates up and down, and I don't know if he's going to find it in a new situation. You know, you would have thought, you know, in New Orleans that that was a fresh start was going to help and. It hasn't it hasn't picked up. You know what I mean? Even Fred Vincent changed up his shot. He shot the ball a little bit better, a little bit better. And even the the price to even trade him right now, he might he might end up in a Kyle Corver situation getting traded for a, a copy machine. I don't know. Oof, that <laughs> that's that's brutal. For me, also, I think the bigger problem is I don't know if Bloodsoe and Lonzo Ball can play together. Like they're in the starting unit together. I think that's where they got to start. Break that up because ball being shared between the two of those guys just doesn't work. I don't think as Ethan was saying, no defense is really afraid of the scoring in the backcourt of the Pelicans when it's Lonzo Ball and Eric Bledsoe bringing the ball up. Kind of like the idea of him on the Warriors, though. <laughs> you just want to hang out with LeVar. I think he needs a good situation. That's what I think. I think he needs a good situation. I think first off, you just got to get it out of your head that this dude was a number two pick. Like, it's got to go. If you got that in your head, so it's kind of like with Andrew Wiggins. Get it out of your head that he's making $30 million. And then you start looking better. It's like, you know, being drunk while you're checking out the action at the club. Like, everybody look better if your mind is different. <laughs> I, just, I just love that, like, Marcus doesn't drink. And, like, <laughs> he's saying it like this is, like, the Marcus experience. Fellas, let's move on to the next take. Take two. Should the Warriors fire Steve Kerr <laughs> over the weekend? The- <laughs> oh, oh. Are you serious? Hey, 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 let me let me give you the blurb so you can go off. My bad, my bad. My <laughs> there's bad. there's reasons behind this, Marcus. Over the weekend, the Warriors coming off a big win against the Lakers got absolutely hammered by the Jazz. A win that prompted Steve Kerr to say, "They are where we were three or four years ago." Which is it, Steve? Three or four? It's two different Warriors teams there. Got to figure that one out. Anyway, the Jazz scored 77 points in the first half, led by 30 at the break, and 40 points at the start of the fourth quarter. Warriors fans like the infamous Andy Liu, who single-handedly drove Kevin Durant out of town, Mr. Steph is better, went to Twitter railing against a future Hall of Fame coach. Same words, zero action. Steve Kerr is a perfect Democrat. Ouch! Things got so bad, Steve Kerr was trending on Twitter, and not for his devoted love of Kelly. I have no idea what I'm doing out here, Ubre. So, fellas, what's going on here? Do the Warriors need to shake things up, or do the Warriors fans, not Andy Lou, need to relax? Ethan, <laughs> I want I want Andy Lou to coach the Warriors. Is what I want in this particular season if they can't win a championship. And the live tweet about all the decisions. Uh, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. But this Andy Lou <laughs> thing and how he is just he he just doesn't care, and it gives him so much leverage in terms of what he can say. And next thing you know, he's feuding with Steve Kerr's wife on Twitter, and it's just unbelievable to behold. Um, I don't I don't really see the case for firing Steve Kerr. Right now, I don't think that the Warriors are that big a disappointment based on the talent that they have right now. They're kind of more or less where you'd think they'd be point differential, perhaps not as good as you would want it to be. So that is a concern. Uh, But I think the biggest issue they've had is Kelly Oubre. They added Kelly Oubre. They paid a ton of money to get him there. He's been awful. And his ensconcement in the starting lineup is a situation that I don't know is coming from Steve, is what I would say. 
I don't know where it's coming from because you've got this tremendous investment from Joe Lacob in making that work. And I think that is something that has derailed the team just a bit this season that they couldn't just say, look, this guy's not getting it done. He needs to come off the bench right now until he figures it out. I think that has undermined them to a certain extent. Listen, if you hire Black Trey, do it. Do it. If you hire Black Trey, do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll take Trey as head coach of the Warriors. Let's go. Hey man, All right, I'm, Trey, I'm, no, just... I'm no Keith Smart. I'll say that. Oh, deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't you ain't bitching Steph for AC Law. Is that what you're saying? You're I, I, would, saying I won't do that. Keith Smart got mad at me for criticizing how much he was playing Monte Ellis. That was my welcome to the NBA moment, by the way, because. I hadn't made the connection that the stuff I say might result in anything in person happening. And then after a press conference, Keith Smart, a nice man, by the way, but he stormed up to me livid and started yelling at me about what I was saying about playing Monte Ellis so much. Like, whoa, my TV's talking to me. What's going on? But that was was Keith Smart. I think I was right, though. I think I was right. I'm just saying. Just saying. Mm -hmm. You always think you were right. When was the last time you thought you were wrong? Oh, man. Uh, when I, uh, Lamello. <laughs> Lamello. He wrote it. We'll see. I was wrong about like it. Uh, well, he thought it. He I thought didn't have any it. kind of platform, but I like drafting Michael Beasley over Derrick Rose. I think that one was a pretty big L as well. And there were many others. Many others, of course. Marcus, you know what, Mo? Now that I think about it, you know what? Look, there's no justifiable reason to fire Steve. It's ridiculous. But you know what? Do it because, yeah, fire Steve because you know what? Steve ain't going out quietly. And I'm here for the theater. I'm here for Steve Kerr saying, I know where all the bodies is buried, right? Can you imagine how honest Steve Kerr would be after he gets fired while he's on, like, the TNT broadcast? He got all his money. He's got three championships. And he's like, yo, I can just tell it like it is. Yo, I'm 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 here for Steve letting loose if he gets fired. So, yeah, I mean, what else we got? I want we got nothing else. What are we doing? He can only be on the TNT broadcast if he shows up with a shovel. <laughs> Dre, tell me what. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> right. He's going to, you know, you know, bury, take out the bodies. Um, Trey, can you calm the Warriors fans down? Yes, we need to calm down. I think they've uh, been riding the high horses for a, a little bit too long. And they don't know how good they have it until a situation of getting a new coach with a you know an aging superstar and with the roster the roster is they're doing the best they possibly can with this roster and obviously you know the investment that they did with Kelly Oubre hasn't turned out to you know be a game stop but um pretty much in the situation i think Steve should remain but like Marcus said hey if he goes out it's guns blazing so be prepared for that and then also dealing with somebody that might not be, you know, just learn on the fly. I mean, obviously everybody wants uh, Curry to run, pick and roll every play, and that's just not realistic. Trey, you know what this is? This is the Warriors fans are new money. Yeah. They're people who ain't never had no money before. <laughs> new money. And they got some money, right? It's they, they act like new money people. It's like, all right, you already thinking as if somehow you always had caviar. Right. Like, no, like, remember your struggle. Remember what life was like before this and have some perspective. But no, nah, they got new money. So now it's like Louis Vuitton interior yep. on the car. Right. Like it's they're going nuts. Well, quick question for the group. How much blame should the front office get? Because all this falls on Steve Kerr. But you guys have all mentioned the roster is not where it needs to be at. How much falls on Bob Myers and the front office? I don't think they got enough shooting. I think it's both, obviously, but I think that they've undervalued shooting because they had the huge advantage on shooting. They told themselves that they needed to fill in everywhere else. Now, it's not their fault that Clay Thompson got hurt before the season, but I do think it revealed some flaws in the roster that they just haven't taken this seriously enough. Ironically, you know, who who should know better the advantages the advantages of shooting than the Golden State Warriors? But I think that is a legitimate criticism to levy at Bob Myers and the front office in general, that they have not prioritized something that increasingly matters more and more in the league. It reminds me of how in Moneyball, they used to assess players as five-tool players. Well, 
not all the tools are equal. And when you say five tools, you can start thinking that way. I don't think shooting is one of those equal things. I think it matters a lot more than some of the other attributes that players can bring to the table. Where is this team? What does this team look like a year from now? They look like a contender. They'll have Clay Thompson, who will have the same like treatment Kevin Durant had, right? I know they called on KD like, yo, what did you do? Let me get the blueprint. And if Clay comes <laughs> back, they'll be fine. They'll be right. in the mix for a contender. Like I I don't they won't be the heavy favorites. They won't be that unless they make a big move, but they'll be like a regular, really good team with a shot to win a title. And I think that's fine. If I if I had a criticism for the uh front office, I think and I know it's late picks, but they they've missed on some of these draft picks and it it's it's coming back to buy them right like even now they got two got they got two roster spots going to the g league like you know a first round draft pick and the guy who they basically you know built up and went and bought a pick to make sure they had them so, i mean it's two spots so when a guy like clay get hurt and eats up a roster spot and you don't you can't really because of the tax stuff you don't you can't really just go and fill it all willy-nilly. Now you got two players who you drafted who can't even really play. So I, I know it's late picks, and you can't bank on second-round picks or in the first-round picks, but out of six or seven, you should probably have more than one, right? <laughs> you, should probably, you should probably hit on more. Wow, you 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 are on the, the Warriors draft misses in G League uh G League apathy. I mean, you you know. I mean, you know, I, I, I you know, it's it's almost as if I wrote about this a year mm. ago. I mean, that's an <laughs> issue. That's this is a subtle organizational issue. I don't even think we've talked about it on Warriors Plus Minus, but they are not so aligned. The G League Warriors and the upper level Warriors, and I've heard that as a complaint that they need to all get on the same page and be one organization in the way a baseball team might be. And that is, I do think that's something that they've missed on. And those margins do not matter when you have the talent that they had, but suddenly they don't have that talent, and you knew you do need to get better on those margins. So that's something they have to improve. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Well, let's slide over to take three. The way too early check-in on the MVP race. This just in, fellas. LeBron James is now the leader among many sports books to win the MVP. A quarter of the way into the season, James, AD, and the Lakers are cruising through the regular season on their way to another NBA title, all the while while singing. And we can build this dream together, standing strong forever. Nothing's gonna stop us now. And when this each other nothing can stop us now, i don't even know the rest of the words marcus us. i might be failing oh, marcus would you feel bad if i don't know that song i said would you feel bad if i don't know that if i don't know that song that that would just only means you have a life worth living sir <laughs> all right all right cool 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 i just wanted to make sure because i was like trying to catch on and i was like yeah it's not working out but anyways back to the topic fellas trey looking broadly across the league does anyone stand mannequin. a chance against it's in lebron mannequin. for the mvp come on you, you've seen mannequin what the, what the hell <laughs> is the movie mannequin, mannequin. <laughs> with, uh, 
That's like I've a deep, that's a deep, reference. <laughs> deep cut reference. Uh, yeah, with the uh, many times, got Marcus. The one from Sex in the City. I'm watching a trailer. She's got sex. The, the girl from Sex in the City. It's, it's, it's Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall. Yeah, yeah, come on, Mannequin was a lit. Yeah, it was a lit no, no, no. I've movie. seen. Come on, I've man. seen this movie. I know it many times. You, the, these other guys need to jump that's on. Where I'm with I know you, it from, Marcus. Was Mannequin? But Trey. <laughs> Trey I'm watching the trailer. Can I get that Is question LeBron one more the, time? <laughs> yes, you can. Does anyone stand a chance against LeBron for MVP? Joel Embiid. You got Luka Doncic out no there. Chance. What do you no say? No chance. No chance. We're not. We're not even talking about that. We got a guy that's in year eighteen, doing what he's doing, scoring forty-five points. You know, kissing the baby <laughs> at this particular point. Um, feet kicked up. I don't see anybody. I'm not doing this again this year. Obviously, I fell for the Greek freak. Two years in a row, I'm not doing it. This is LeBron James's year. He ain't falling for the banana in the tailpipe. No, even though, like, the, the hey, another 80s reference, by the way. I ain't falling for the banana in the tailpipe. Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> These youngsters. No. Okay, I seen that. All right. I, that's a great I actually seen too. that one right there. That, that's that's kind of mandatory in a black home. Facts. What's that song called? What's the Beverly Hills Cop song called? Impressive. Axel Foley. Shout out to Axel Foley. I don't know a black person named Axel. You do, Axel Foley. All right. We've gone off the rails. We, we've we've gone off the rails. Let's let me try to bring the train back on the tracks here just a little bit, fellas. Marcus, keeping in the eighties thing. Who should who should win the MVP? That has nothing to do with the eighties. I just wanted to see if you had I mean, another should? reference. I mean, there's no question who should win, but I don't know. I dis I disagree with Trey. I think there are other people in the running because it's been the story of LeBron's career that somebody else you know has to win mvp <laughs> i think they'll I, you know, I, I think people will find a reason not to give it to lebron uh uh jalen brown has been amazing so if boston keeps winning right uh now nah, i mean the real the the real the reality is there's nobody who's doing what jalen brown has been killing that but that's what i'm saying people will reach. But MVP, people will listen reach. first time all-star maybe yes to get MVP? Not give, how many how many oh, MVPs cool, does man. LeBron Nate, have? Nate Jones has taken over Marcus's. How many, brain how right many now. MVPs does LeBron have? <laughs> and how many should he have? That's my point. Like people. Well, how many should that, he have? That's what I'm saying. Story. People right. will go yeah, to I great mean, that's, lengths. That, that's a good. That's a good point right MVP. there, Marcus. So yeah, if Jalen Brown keeps balling, you'll have somebody like, hey man, Jalen Brown's been killing for the Celtics. I don't think there's anybody else. Like, maybe I, the only outside shot I would see is if somehow this is who Paul George is for the rest of the year, right? And he puts up this incredible season and the Clippers overtake the Lakers for the number one. Like, maybe. Oh, you trying to cause hell, maybe, right? That's it. Like, you trying I mean, to cause Paul hell. George is playing outstanding Listen, right now. If Paul George gets MVP up. over LeBron James <laughs> in Los Angeles, right? we going to get a riot. Hey, we gonna I'm get it right. They yeah, supposed I'm to be staying that. indoors. Go. It's gonna be a problem. You know, I'm from the Bay, so we like. Okay, hey, Marcus, but if that happens, happen. let's let's watch L.A. riot. Shake Marcus, the if table. That happens, you, have to, you have to put me up, Marcus. If that happens, you have to put me up because I'm leaving L.A. If there's gonna be a riot of of Paul's man, like the movies, and, man. And if you make fans. it to the Bay, I got you. But you gotta make it. <laughs> you gotta make it here. <laughs> I can't. Oh, that fi- part's not hard. Huh? <laughs> I Ethan, can't find Axel. I can't find famous Axels in general. I mean, it seems like a perfectly <laughs> good name. Ax- I mean, it's other. It's Axel Rose and nobody really. I mean, this is. Are you changing your kids? Or is your son? Is your son's name being changed right now in the process? Uh, are you gonna? No, no maybe. Gonna- but if we have another, if we have another kid, I'm, I, I like the idea of having a name that's not so. Not so taken, but I'm also worried about cursing him. Apparently, he can't ever become famous based on what I'm seeing. He could um, be a Detroit who should cop. win the MVP? It's very, he could. It's very early, um, and I almost think that LeBron should be favored because Giannis can't get it again. He just can't get it again. It, it, it's almost it doesn't even matter. He's at not this in point. the conversation just because he didn't. He didn't validate. He didn't validate. 
he didn't validate the voting the last two times. They're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe again. And so they're going to go with somebody else. And LeBron seems to be that guy. Uh, yeah, I think it's probably going to be him. We're a long hey, ways look away. Look at that PG numbers. I'm going to throw PG this out there for you guys. I'll take that back. I thought he was averaging like 30. He's got 24 points. I mean, he's a 50, 40, 90 guy, but yeah, 23 ain't going to do it. <laughs> That's why I was saying. Bad, it just feels like he's averaging 30 points. <laughs> okay. It feels like it. Hey, it's because he's working in the dark. The lights are literally off. <laughs> well, let me let me put fight back I mean, here a little the, bit on the, the LeBron argument. Jalen Brown could do it. Telling you, Jalen Brown it. is I'm killing just, he, right now. But I'm with Trey on this one. It's good. His numbers will go down. His numbers it's, will go AMC down as stock Jason right now. comes it's back. AMC stock. I'm not buying it. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. Speaking of which, uh, let me push uh, back. Trey, Trey made Trey, Trey, Trey used the phrase GameStop earlier. Trey's on those. He's on uh, th- those. I'm Reddit current, stocks. man. I'm active right now. I'm like a battle rapper in <laughs> he's 2006. He's on. He's on the Robin Hood app. I want to. I want to push back a little bit That's on the LeBron James thing because I got a question for you guys. I got a question for you guys. Real simple. Last year, LeBron felt like he should be the MVP because Giannis had all these weapons and wasn't playing as many minutes. It's flipped this season. Now LeBron's not playing as many minutes, and the Lakers got a ton of weapons. Like, do you is is it just funny that now he should be the MVP this year, even though last year he was saying that's not a good enough case? Absolutely, <laughs> he should be. Yes. That's the that's the that's the mind trick right there. That's how you get the voters to vote. You know what I'm saying? He's only playing 30 minutes. They're winning by 25. He had 25, 10, and 8. That, that was Steph's case in it's 2015 when he was sitting in the fourth quarter. 36 years old is the oldest basketball player to ever do it. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> last time I checked, 36, man. I remember Thurl Bailey and guys like Brian Russell playing at 36. You know what I mean? But Kevin again, Willis. We're, we're, we're moving the goalposts. Not like this. We're moving the goalposts now. So 36 is over. Not like this. I'm going to tell you this though. Joel Embiid has a real case for MVP. Mm-hmm. He does. Plain and simple. That That's that's the other guy. Everybody else doesn't. I, to me, it's LeBron James or Joel Embiid for MVP. And let's just see how the whole season plays out. Fellas, let's move on to take four. Is Shaq the worst human being ever? Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Shaquille what? O'Neal <laughs> Bo, Shaquille O'Neal upset jazz fans the other night when he said that 24 year old Donovan Mitchell didn't have what it takes to be a superstar that led to an <laughs> awkward post game exchange between O'Neal and Mitchell who became the fastest player in NBA history to make 600 three pointers Shaq and Charles said the jazz guards has zero impact on a game outside of shooting Jade play the tape by the way, this is Shaq. I, I said tonight that uh, you are one of my favorite players, but you don't have what it takes to get to the next level. I said it on purpose. I wanted you to hear it. What do you have to say about that? All right. That's it. That's it? All right. That's it. Okay, cool. I, I mean, I wanted it's, you to I, hear it. I've been here, well, Shaq, I've been hearing that since my rookie year. You know, I'm just going to get okay, better well, and do what I do. Good. At the end well, of the day. Well, that's what I wanted you to hear you say. Of course, Twitter got outraged, questioned why these aging former superstars are commenting on young players without watching any of the games. Ethan, again, do people need to relax or are they onto something? Uh, they need to relax. And I've made the uh, observation before that it would be nice. It would be nice if former NBA players exulted in the younger generation's progression. 
like they do in baseball. You do see that in baseball. But guess what? That doesn't save baseball. That doesn't prevent baseball's decline. What really helps, I think, is having name brand guys behind the desk who are comfortable with one another, which is what you get when you watch TNT. And I have to say, while I don't agree with many of the things Shaq says, I do enjoy the banter. I do enjoy the honesty. I I even enjoy that moment as crazy and, and, and uncouth as it was. And I, I think there's a little bit too much NBA Twitter analysis of the whole Shaq thing. And we forget that some of that, some of that mean quote unquote honesty was exactly right on point when he was talking about Harden. That was a pretty good moment. Uh, contra the Donovan Mitchell moment, which wasn't so good. And you're going to get, you're going to get all of it. And I think this day and age, I almost prefer the bluntness and the honesty and the apathy towards what people are saying about you on Twitter over everything else. Marcus, what's, what's going on with Shaq and, and, and really the, the TNT crew when they're going after guys, you know, I I'm, I'm of personal belief that they should probably watch more basketball. Like some of their takes just reek of people who don't watch the games. Uh, and I mean, I, I, if you mean not knowing who <laughs> Christian Wood is, just, they do a lot of stuff like that. <laughs> and look, I'm not, I understand why they, in a sense, overvalue their perspective because they, they were superstars. They played, I, I, I would too, but here's why I'm a commend Shaq, right? Everybody's going to be down on Shaq. Here's why I commend Shaq. He did it to his face. He, he he went right oh, yeah. to him. He said, yeah, I said it. What would you like to say about it? And that is respectable. If you have a criticism about somebody, and a lot of these dudes take these shots, and it's in another interview, and then they talk to the guy, oh, I didn't really mean it like that. It was taken out of context. Like, nah, he, he said what he said. He stood by what he said, and Donovan Mitchell had a chance to address him. Like, you don't get more respectable than that. So, yeah, I, I applaud Shaq. If you're going to do it, that's how you do it. Yes. There you go. Trey, what's your spin on this? You know what I'm saying? First of all, I want to say, uh, listen, honey. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> no, good. but um, I'm going to have to pretty much think about what Marcus said. Honestly, he said it to his face. He didn't like go on Twitter. He didn't like subliminally take shots at a player. He told him. Now, obviously, most people want him to say, oh, you know, you should have did this and you could have waited. And, you know, because he had a good game, you should have. Maybe the challenge wasn't great, but. You know, he's not a bad person. I think, you know, sometimes you look at that panel, you have to understand that that's not Shaq's job to to give us the analytics or anything. It's comedic relief sometimes, too. And obviously he was being serious and he felt like he was being a giant in the game. And as one of the Hall of Famers of the game, he's giving a valid challenge. And maybe I, think he I don't was know. Opening it, I think he was trying to give Donovan Mitchell an opportunity to say, rub it in my face. It was this weird, yeah, this yeah. weird, like, hit me. It was like Fight Club, like punch me in the face, hit me right now. That's the vibe like I was you getting. Balled, I don't think you showed to... me up. Go ahead, have your moment. And I actually kind of respect Donovan I, for being I, like, nah, I, B, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, love, he didn't diss him in I the love song, Donovan's so, response. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I, I got love, bars. I got bars for all of Utah. If y'all, if y'all want it, <laughs> your shack is pretty good. You know bro. what I'm saying? I, I just can you dig it? <laughs> it is pretty amazing, actually. It feels I, like I, Shaq's I, on the show. By, by the way, I do think NBA. I'm going to be talking about this a little bit with uh, Shaq Defender Amin later on. But I, uh, I do think NBA Twitter. Plug sometimes, your show. Plug your show. No, I'm just you know on, on, on House of Strauss, <laughs> but. Um, I do think NBA Twitter can miss the forest for the trees and sometimes when they're saying fire Shaq and I think to myself, who are you going to put on that desk who's his, who has the name recognition of Shaquille O'Neal? America loves Shaquille O'Neal, by the way. They love Shaq. Shaq is somebody – I remember meeting somebody from Siberia once who, who was at my house and it was the 2007 – was it the 2007 finals with the with the Mavericks and the Heat? I'm trying to remember what year that even was um, with the Dwayne Wade, all the whistles. But this this, 06, this woman from Siberia knew who Shaq – oh, six. Yeah, oh, six. Yeah, seven was the Spurs. But this woman from Siberia, she knew who Shaq was. I mean this guy is is huge 
literally and also figuratively. And so I don't think it's so easy as kick him off the desk. And I don't know who you put on there. Somebody like Paul Pierce that a lot the of the only person would. I would want is yeah. Vernon Maxwell. Oh, he would say so. He would say so. He would be killer. I want Gil. Vernon Maxwell would be killer in that spot. By the way, it wouldn't it, Gil, uh, Vernon Maxwell wouldn't get any nicer for the Jazz players with uh, Vernon Maxwell. I want Gilbert Arenas. So, Give me uh, yeah. Gilbert Arenas. That's what I want on the desk. <laughs> oh wow, I'm not but mad at that either. Too. If they put Vernon, if they put Vernon Maxwell out there, that dump button's going to get a lot of work. All that right. guy's going to need. Uh, overtime pay for making sure he gets all the bleeps out of there before anything happens. I do kind of enjoy it sometimes when these guys go at them because at least these are superstars, right? It's not a mid-level player who had a, a, a small run in the league. These are dudes at the very, very top. Like when Shaq went at Joel Embiid last season and, and you know, Barkley was upset with Porzingis not posting up, who, by the way, is posting up a bit more this this season, I don't know if anybody's noticed that. It's been kind of fun. I do kind of wish to also they at some point give a little bit of love to the guys they love, you know, and and, and have oh, and, and, Sha- and at least show a little bit more. Sha- Shaq gives love all the to time. Steph Curry. He loves weirdly Steph, enough. Uh, I, I but my issue with yeah. them more than anything is that you can tell when they're just trying to defend their legacy, right? That when they're ripping guys and they're like, man, this guy ain't better than I was. So I, Shaq ripping Donovan Mitchell was more like, it felt to me more like, yeah, this ain't the type of guard I, you know, like I'm, I'm talking about Kobe level type guards. Right. And it wasn't like a defense of his leg. I think him going at him beat or ridiculing, uh, JaVale McGee is more about taunting, and you know elevate making sure his supremacy is clear when they do that i don't really like that it's like protecting my little thing but if they have legit criticisms about like basketball and other player like that's that's fair game i think that's cool if you're a big man super if you're a big man superstar and you're watching top flight perimeter guys i think donovan mitchell is probably one of those top three I don't know if I want to play with this guy, guys, which isn't necessarily saying that Mitchell's bad or having a bad season, but he is one of those dribble, 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 dribble. I mean, he he got he's the fastest to what was it? Six hundred threes. And he's not really known to be a great three point shooter. I do think that there might be some of that as well, that he's one of these guys who's a little bit of a, you know, he can be a ball hog. That's all I'm saying. Can tend to happen. Let's move on to take five. And gentlemen, to All-Star or not to All-Star, that is the question. The NBA All-Star voting begins today, so get your 500 votes in. Remember, submit, refresh, submit, refresh. Just do it several times over to make sure your favorite player gets into the uh, All-Star game. But that's if we have one, because in the meantime, the league is starting to look at a possible date and venue for the event, and it's looking like Atlanta in March. The league is slowly getting it into the minds of fans of an all-star game being possible. ESPN reported talks are centered on a stripped down all-star game scenario that would largely be focused on the game with little in the way of fan related experience. If any surrounding it, Marcus, yay or nay to an all-star game this year. Oh, I'm I'm nay all the way. Uh, but I understand why they're trying to do it. Like I get it. Um, and I'm not, totally against players you know if they decide they would accept the jeopardy you know uh like i i think they should have the agency to do that i'm against it if if fans are are in the building like but yeah, if they just want to play a game and they don't want to lose their tradition and they feel like that's worthy I, I feel like they should have that call but just where i am especially how i feel having lost my friend yesterday like yeah I'm 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 with none of this stuff. Like I think my personal opinion is no, but I I, I don't I don't want to pretend to think my opinion should control NBA players. Trey, should they do it? Hell no, <laughs> no. Nah, seriously, like uh, like to piggyback off what Marcus said. I mean, you know the consequences of it and what the world is dealing with currently, you know what I mean? But we also know that the show must go on. It always goes on regardless if we, you know, put our fists at the, at the dark cloud or not. So, 
Um, it's going to happen. And hopefully they, they make the right the right call. You know what I mean? I, I felt like they could have just gave the money to the HBCUs just out of pocket instead of hosting the event. But, you know, obviously the fans also play a part in this as well. It's like, oh, the games are postponed. Oh, boo-hoo. How are we going to make up the games? I, I was looking forward to that. I started my fantasy player here. You guys messed it up. And it's like, you know what, guys? We're going to go to Atlanta, the capital. You don't even have to wear a mask. Come here. We're going to give you an all-star game. Maybe even a dunk contest. You never know. Doesn't sound like we're going to have a dunk contest. It sounds like it's just going to be the game. Ethan, where are you at with this? I feel like the dunk contest is the most socially distanced thing you can thing do. That's the thing you can do, right? Like, <laughs> do the dunk contest and the shootout. One person on the corner. That's what you can actually do. Yeah, just, just have some rules and regulations you, so they're not throwing too many uh, supplementary magician's assistants into the whole rigmarole. And yeah, you got yourself a good dunk contest right there. I think that the devil is in the details as far as money is concerned. I do wonder what taking the All-Star Game and All-Star Weekend off the table might do to that money, might do to the TV contracts. There is a lot I don't know as far as at what point does the broadcaster get to break the contract and what avenues they have for doing that because i would imagine i'm i'm guessing that tnt has the all-star game this year because they tend to um i'd imagine that might change some things and i think that's what the impetus is and i think if we've learned anything about the nba it's that tv runs it that's why they started right before christmas so they could have opening week and they could have christmas even if it wasn't enough time for all the players to recover because on the other end they were scared of what tv does on the NFL side and how that's compromising their ability to get uh, an audience in the postseason. So I think that it is in that vein and that's what it's about. And that's what the, uh, the whole thing is devoted to. I don't think it's about the tradition and everything else. I think it's about the TV money. And I mean, I don't, I don't really have a say on how to weigh these things up and whether it would be more dangerous or less dangerous. Um, I am not a doctor once again, uh, but I'm guessing that's a huge influencer on it. You know, the the thing I think these these teams all aren't thinking about, and maybe not even the NBA, just what happens if you have the game, somebody tests positive, now you have all of your stars, because it is the All-Star game, all of your stars basically in NBA protocols, missing games for the following week or two. That's great. That's a good point. That's a good you point. Know, that, that for that's, me, that's it, feels, I, it feels like a good time to quarantine everybody, <laughs> right? Like kind right, of reset right. the whole thing. <laughs> like uh, we about to take three weeks off, and you, you will like you you can post here and play this All Star game, like if you want to. Like everybody, if if they're gonna have an All Star game, they should they should just quarantine everybody. Uh, it's a great two week period to say, all right, shut it down, and let's get this the end of the season set. But like, I just have a problem with telling people not to go earn their money, right? That's it's right. gonna impact their money. Like they can decide that. I make the same decision every day about like is is going to get this money worth it? Is provide for my family worth it? So I don't know. I don't think I should be able to take that decision from them, or really anybody should. And it just seems like this is what we're doing as a society. It's sports are just going to power through it and they're going to deal with the postponements and they're going to, I think that's what they've adopted as a mentality. And it doesn't seem like there's an incredible amount of social blowback because I think that there is a recognition, even if people don't say it, that the public does need their bread and circuses to a certain degree, that it, it does take the edge off of life, especially when people can't go indoors. So I think that we've given sports leagues a lot of latitude to do things that we don't let other people do. And there's a hypocrisy in that and there's an unfairness in that. But I think that's an unspoken aspect of this whole thing is that we're letting sports do what they do. The other thing too is more arenas are beginning to add fans. I think the Pacers are having more fans because they feel more confident that they, <laughs> they can prevent covid you know, spread from there. Uh, Miami Heat are going to have COVID dog sniffing guys. I, I, like, I don't quite fully understand. Yeah, they're going to have dogs that could sniff out COVID. So when you're a fan, if the dog smells you and sticks with you, that means you probably have COVID. Man, if them dogs only bark at the black people, we know what's up. COVID sniff. <laughs> Come on, man. I just I just think the whole thing, the having an all-star game, but even just the, the idea of, fans and expanding the fans 
in the in the arenas is beginning to get a little bit weird for me. Wait, dogs can smell COVID? <laughs> Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> This is this is a thing that started, I think, in the United Arab Emirates, and move you know it's you a little bit weird. No COVID. I ain't got no COVID. Move, dog. <laughs> Stupid dog. Move. I ain't got no COVID. I don't know what you're talking what about. If you got, what if you no got a wrong. sack on you and the dog start barking and they think you got COVID, but you just got a sack? <laughs> the loud? We call a loud pack COVID. You think that? I think, if, if, hey man, oh, if a dog can a smell one. COVID, it can smell the difference between COVID. <laughs> And other things, I think. I mean, that isn't a. But I'm just saying, does he only bark for COVID? Like, jeez, is he like, or is he checking <laughs> for anything? I, dogs are just incredible, incredible creatures, just bizarre creatures that you could have an exquisite sense of smell to the point of being able to smell COVID. But when I go to Lake Merritt, my dog is eating goose shit. I, I, I don't understand them, but it's very impressive. And look, I. <laughs> I'm just hoping, man, like dogs don't be favoring people who buy them sweaters and stuff. Like, like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> like there needs, I, Ethan, I does your dog, dog have a sweater? <laughs> my dog, my dog does not have a sweater. He is way too shaggy and hairy for us to get him. A, that's not a medium sized dog thing. That's a, that's a is diva a, dog thing. I feel like your dog has a sports coat, though. You think? I feel like if dogs can smell COVID, they can smell people who like put them in dog hotels and take them to vets and all that. Because that's just not what black people be doing. Well, I I feel like the train has officially gone off the rails. So My bad, Trey, for telling our secrets. It's all good. Steve Harvey did it already. Oh. And if it didn't go off the rails when I said that a minute ago, it definitely did now. I think it's a good place to end it. Thanks for checking out Point of Contention. Excuse me. Thanks for checking out Point of Contention. Check out all the shows on the NBA Athletic NBA show. You got Buds on Monday, Tampering on Tuesday. I'm having a hard time remembering the days. Hoops adjacent on Wednesday. This show on Thursday because you're listening to it now. Nerder She Wrote on Friday. You have House of Strauss. Sounds like we're going to have a new one pretty soon with Amin El Hassan. And check out the restricted area, what Zach Harper and Big Waz are doing on YouTube. Check it all out. Thanks for listening.